welcome to Hills I Die On, a podcast where I, Taylor Cox, invite guests to discuss and debate unpopular opinions they're so passionate about, they'd be willing to die on a hill over it. Thanks for listening. back to Hills I Die On. Today we've got a wonderful guest with us. He's a TV writer slash author slash podcaster extraordinaire, writer for projects like The Adventures of Puss in Boots, creator of projects including his new comic Hex Wives, which is out on Amazon. He's also the host of his own podcasts, Writer's Panel and Thrilling Adventure Hour. He's wonderful and so talented and clearly very prolific. And I'm so excited to have him die on a hill with us today. Please welcome to the podcast, Ben Blacker. Thank you. Yay. I'm, I'm so, so thrilled to talk to you. I love this show. Oh, thank you so much. I love your shows, so that warms my little old this heart. This is too much. Uh, such a pleasure. Uh, as I was just saying to you earlier, um, I'm in your space today, so I was having like a guest complex of like technically having you as my guest, but then also being your guest in this space. It's throwing me off. I'm, yeah. I think I'm ready to debate, but I'm going to do the best I this can. This is how I get an edge. This is it. I this bring is people <laughs> to my turf. To make sure that, yeah, you're at your best. Absolutely. It's, it's a smart move. It's a power move. It's uh, all I have. One that we absolutely respect on this podcast. <laughs> so we were just talking about this. I started a new segment called Hills of the Hour, where we discuss something a little bit more topical just mm-hmm. to warm the palates and get us up. And you brought up <laughs> a really great one. And that is that the alphabet has been changed. Well, the alphabet hasn't been changed. No, it's been changed. It <laughs> the is alphabet fully, song, song has, has been, been changed. changed. <laughs> yes, a fair <laughs> distinction. Nope, it has been changed. And yes. we, we, I guess if we're changing the song, we can change around the... Le- we the way we do may it as well. Right? What's the point of anything? What are your thoughts on this? I saw this this when I woke this morning. Uh, you know, first thing I do is check the Twitter news. Yep. And hot off the Twitter presses yep. was that they had changed the alphabet song so that LMNOP are now distinct letters. It's grotesque. Yeah. It's sickening. It's Unlike when we grew up not understanding what that was. You learned LMNOP as a thing. Exactly. It's a, a diphthong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then we got to, at least for me, like we got to make fun of our younger siblings when they went through the same thing. It was, it was a, a rite, rite of passage. passage. It was a rite exactly. of passage that we are now uh, stealing from our youths, yeah. coddling them, really. I feel like that's the hill, right? <laughs> like I, People on the wrong side of history are going to be like, no, this new alphabet song is fine. Yeah. <laughs> People on the right side of history are going to say, think of the children. So true. We need a renaissance. Do you think we can come back from this? Do you think this is something we can save ourselves from? I, what's next? I, I don't know. Will the stars no longer twinkle? I, I can't even begin to cross into that territory. Baba Black Sheep. Have it's you like, any what? Have you any what, Ben? It's like the wheels on the bus just stay where they are. Stay parked in traffic. <laughs> that's, that's the new Sickening. Elevation. It's disgusting. I appreciate that. I think we can both agree that um, it's a, a bad one. That's a hill we'll die on. We shouldn't be changing the alphabet song. And that's pretty much that. Exactly. But that is not the real hill we are here to die <laughs> on today, is it? You have uh, one of my new favorite hills. Oh, really? Yes, because I have very, very passionate feelings about it. Uh, and I'm very excited to get into it. Would okay. you mind telling us what that hill is? Um, the hill that I chose, which I truly believe, to the extent that I truly believe anything, is that horror is the best genre. <sighs> Subsets me. I 
hate horror. I You're fully crazy. hate it. I am fully scared of everything. I will I will be honest about that is that I just don't find being scared fun in the slightest. <laughs> and I know it's a genre that like makes money and I understand that there's like a market for it, but arguing that it's the best genre, Ben, let's get into it. Why? 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 I'm glad you asked. I have <laughs> several points to uh, make my case. And now I'm talking about horror as a whole. And horror is a, and this is a, a uh, point to argue for it. Sure. Horror is a fungible genre. Yes. Uh, it can encapsulate everything from slashers to thrillers to, you know, horror comedy. It can all be lumped under this, which means there's something for everyone, even you. See, that's that's a toughie because I would argue that horror is totally different than psychological thriller. But... That's Prove that's its it. own hell. Uh, oh, oh no. Okay. Uh, well, I think of horror as like something that's intended to scare mm -hmm. exclusively, whereas like something like a psychological thriller, I would say is like intended to make you think or to like possibly okay. teach you of something. I I even thought like Get Out, for example, was miscategorized as a horror because I thought it was like it was a psychological allegory, and I thought it was like so much more nuanced than most actual horror films. Here's the thing: the horror kind of can be nuanced. I think there's a misunderstanding understanding that horror can just be one thing, right? It's either supernatural or gore or extremes, right? Totally. But Get Out deal, and I think Get Out is a great example of horror that people talk about elevated horror. I don't like that because totally horror can be anything. Right. Um, and I think of it as like the cheap, cheesy jump scares. Exactly. Uh, and gore, that's easy... hitting at like lowest common denominator, panic, right. just scare for the sake of scare. That's an easy and lazy way to think about it. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Tell I'll me come more. Up with the personal attacks. <laughs> come at me. Um, but get out like, say, Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. Like these are prestige movies. Sure. Uh, that doesn't mean that they are elevating the genre any more than something like It Follows, which is a fantastic, well-made, well-acted, perfectly constructed movie. Totally. Is elevating the genre. Okay. I understand that the genre can be elevating, but I think those are sophisticated terms for basically saying that humans have found better ways of hurting <laughs> each other and themselves, right? It's like we have found more sophisticated ways. Like we're all used to jump scares. We're all used mm -hmm. to like the horrors that come with like, you know, just uh, a sound cue or like somebody coming up from behind you in a mirror. Right. And like we all get those shticks and it's it now makes us laugh more sure. than it the makes us The basic tropes. Of exactly. All. But what we're calling sophisticated, I'm calling twisted and horrible. And I not only think that horror is not the best genre, I think all these people should be in prison. Like, I truly believe Stephen King is a sick man. He's a sick man. They argue with me that he's not. Yes, but not for reasons you're saying. <laughs> really? Like, I mean, obviously, we all know the personal reasons, but the, from the professional standpoint, you are monetizing, making people feel terrible. I hate it. It's terrible. Oh, Horror should be canceled. Only because he and and people like him, um, and I include myself in that as a writer of horror, mm -hmm. um, are holding up a mirror to society are and we? showing us ourselves. Are, with, are we? With a layer of entertaining genre on top. So when, okay, I will give you the fact <laughs> that when you can do it like that, like when you can say something with your art in any capacity, like the world is fucking scary. Okay. So being able to do it in a way that's like enhanced or, or you know, a dystopian future, like oftentimes sure. sci-fi does that. It Absolutely. shows us what we're doing in a new form uh, that makes us think, helps us grow empathy helps right. us and helps us learn ideally yeah. as a society uh, i don't think horror really 
does that. I think horror at its bones is about a visceral reaction and getting mm -hmm. the visceral reaction of fear from you. It's not about teaching. And most horror does that. You're talking about the outliers in film. I think there's a reason Get Out was like the only nominated uh, horror film. Isn't that right? Or is that a Well, Silence of the Lambs won oh, you're right. oh, Best shit. Picture oh, shit. in the early 90s. <laughs> Don't back check The me. Exorcist was a both <sighs> hugely successful and Oscar nominated All right, all right. Film. Was Sixth Sense like nominated? The, I think it was okay. uh, for Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, or at least something. Okay. Um, and yeah, these are, especially the earlier ones, mm -hmm. are sort of outliers because horror was still evolving as a genre. It was sure. a very slow to evolve genre, which is actually kind of interesting because while it was evolving, it was taking on new aspects and finding new fans who are now making incredible horror. Sure. Uh, I mean, like, there are movies out now, literally right now, movies like The Lighthouse, which is from the director of The Witch, which that is not a gory movie. It is in many ways an upsetting movie. Mm -hmm. um, although ultimately, I think an uplifting movie. Sure. And I will make an argument later on for the kinds of horror that I like, which okay. tend to be uplifting in the end, oh, even in a small way. Okay. But like The Lighthouse is out. Uh, Parasite is out, yeah. which I think could so almost generously be called a horror movie. Thank in you that. so much for telling me that. <laughs> I watched the first half of the uh, trailer and I was like, this looks adorable. I can't wait to <laughs> see this. And now I am so glad you said that and I will not be seeing it this evening. But Well, it, it's intense, really? but it's not scary, I don't think. like. But then can it be classified as horror? Like, I feel like our classifications of horror are completely different, and that's going to be yeah. that's gonna be an issue. Because, <laughs> Should like, we just call anytime, it off right now? Yeah, I think that's it for us. All right, let me go back to basics. Okay, sure. I, I have an argument that builds. So right. <laughs> go for let it. Let me start with, like, the most basic reason that horror is the best genre. Horror movies tend to be short. Got it. I am so sick of watching, like, prestige movies that come out every winter, I don't even watch them anymore because yeah. they're all more than two hours. Yeah. They're about like some white guys being boring. <laughs> I I throw away the screeners as soon as they come. Uh, smart move. That's not accurate. I send them to my in-laws as soon say, as they you, come. You, yeah, my mom just takes <laughs> right. them as her own. Just kidding. Writers Guild. Horror movies tend to be 90 minutes, sharply focused, just enough um, character development to make you care. I saw a great movie this week uh, called Crawl. Which, I love a creature feature. I grew up um, watching, like, monster movies with my dad. Love that title. Um, it misleading. It makes it seem so much cuter than it's going to be. Sure. Crawl. What's not to love? It's about alligators. The creature feature. Creature feature is, like, sounds oh, yeah. adorable. There was, I grew up in Boston, and there like, was... Abominable. Creature feature. <laughs> there was a uh, TV station called WLVI, uh -huh. uh, Channel 56, that on Sundays would show a creature double feature. Amazing. Uh, Even better. Frequently a black and white movie from like the 40s or 50s. It was a lot of the old universal horror movies. But that's where I got my love of monster stuff. Um, and Crawl is like, it is unpretentious, which I will say most horror movies are. Mm -hmm. uh, they just want to do the thing they do. They are like the shark in Jaws. Which is not only the best horror movie, the best movie ever made. And the best uh, attraction at Universal Theme Park. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they just do what they do, right? They yes. eat, they swim, and they make little sharks. That's amazing. Um, but Crawl is about a uh, young woman who goes to find her, like rescue her dad from his rural Florida home because a uh, hurricane is coming and they're going to be under feet of water and they have an estranged relationship. And you get just enough of this relationship to care about both of them when she gets there and the hurricane hits 
and the water rises and all the alligators come to their basement. But that's just preying off your primal instinct of fear. I'm like, ugh. yes, but it's a father daughter story. No, uh, yeah, and it is. The but fun it's, trappings it's of genre. The greatest fear is like losing your loved ones and family members. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can agree with you in that is that 90 minutes is the perfect length for a movie. <laughs> Anything longer than that, it's I'm asleep. There's right? just no chance I'm making it through. Um, okay. And so overall, horror movies tend to be shorter. Sure. So yeah. I will take your, <laughs> I will take your point for that. Kids' movies Thank also you. tend to be That's 90 true. minutes, and I would argue that most animated <laughs> films are significantly better, teach you more, also can tell father-daughter stories without hitting on that. Like, look, fear is an essential part of the human consciousness, Like, but <laughs> because it helps us with fight or flight and it helps us live That's a true. better life, when we are tricking ourselves into feeling this instinct that is otherwise used to save our life, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing as a society? Like, why are we doing I can't. I can't. I can't agree with you. I also don't understand how how uh, the point of father daughter makes it the best. Just because you can tell this story. Be- because within this genre, there's room to tell small personal stories. Yeah, which, sure. like, look, we all love independent film, but those are hit or miss. Yes. We all love animated film, but those are mostly miss. But oh, f- f- whoa, whoa. I'll False. watch any Pixar movie. Same. But the horror end. films, you even said so yourself, are mostly miss. That you said it's an evolving, Never you said that, that it's newly evolved and that in it the past. It was slow to evolve. And what would that insinuate? I think the, but that doesn't mean there wasn't great horror. Because my second point okay. is there, and this is sort of a post Get Out thing, although it started a couple years before. Uh, it's become more prominent post Get Out. We're getting four or five horror movies a year, mm-hmm. which means you're getting more swings. So they're not all going to be great, but just as a baseline, A horror movie is at least enjoyable. You're going to see something you haven't necessarily seen before. You're going to, if it works even once, you're going to get a good scare or a good laugh or some personal story being told. There's a baseline of quality that happens in these movies, in part because so often they are lower budget. Right. Uh, which means there's less interference from sure. executives and students. More of them get greenlit. It's less, less of yeah. an investment, less of a exactly. fear of losing. Also, yeah. you can go see, uh, you can go catch something earlier this year. Doesn't work. You got one coming out in a few months. But qu- again, <laughs> quality over quantity. I don't know. When has that been true? What, what do you mean? <laughs> this is crazy. You, you can't agree that the percentage makes a difference. The percentages <laughs> of success. I but wish I had done the research on percentages of success <laughs> because that would totally fascinate me. But I'm me. saying even in a bad horror movie, yeah. there's something to enjoy. And I think that's why. If, like, If you're term for enjoyment is like wanting like the scared poops after you go home. Also on wonder. Ah, and wonder. Yeah. I have never left a horror movie. Okay, I will be honest with you. I consume horror stuff, but only because I have this like own twisted belief that immersion therapy is good for me. And <laughs> in you a desire like being to, scared. I do not like being scared, n- but I want to <laughs> overcome fear, even though that's not a real thing. So I will like go to the haunted house. I will do the haunted whatever, not because I like it, because I'm like hoping that at some point I will become desensitized. <laughs> Do it and stop carrying. No professional has told me that this is an acceptable form of, because of it's therapy, hot. <laughs> but I have done it nonetheless, and I continue to. It's kind of like stand up, like it scares the shit out of you, but you're like, okay, if I do this, I might become a better version of myself or learn something That's about not myself. True <laughs> Again, you know all those fully not... realized stand up comedians. 
That's all, that's what I've seen. I mean, quality over quantity. There's a million stand-ups. Now we're arguing that stand-up is the best genre of living our of therapy. Oh, it might be. Oh, no. I'm, that's not be. a hill I'm dying on. I'm coming back from that one. Um, but no, so I do, do consume it. You but... are making my point for me. Why? You don't even enjoy these, but you keep going to them. With, but which I'm tells sick. Me I'm there's... broken. I'm I like I have I have the audacity to say it about Stephen King, but I too am, am a broken person. All humans are a little bit broken. True. And horror provides us a safe outlet to explore what's broken about us. <sighs> I don't know, man. You can also explore what's broken about you by watching a coming-of-age film. What's more broken yeah. than, like, a 15-year-old girl, like, just trying to get by? Like, it's so, oh, you can feel it. It what hurts a little. the movie last year? Eighth grade. Eighth grade is, like, the most horrific horror, horror movie I've yeah, seen in years. Yeah, 110%. Pen 15 is a horror <laughs> yes. genre. It should be considered horror. I watch it, like, through my hands. <laughs> like, oh, my God, they put the thong on. Like, just, sure. like, sh such shame. Like, absolutely. I, I absolutely am more afraid of embarrassment than anything else. And I think eighth grade would have been as good if you had slapped a metaphor on it. Uh, oh, the man. movie. Well, no, that just let, makes it so contrived. You're let like, the right one in. Uh -huh. um, and the remake as well are both... Both have the same thing that eighth grade has. I'm not uh, familiar with that. Is that a horror? It is a horror okay. movie. Uh, it's it's about a teenage girl who, or a teenage boy who becomes friends with a vampire who's a teenage girl. Got it. Um, and it shows, especially the American version, which is, they are equally great. Uh, they're both terrific movies. The American version shows bullying by teenagers mm -hmm. in a way that I had not seen realized so realistically. Oh, wow. And it's truly horrific. I mean, yeah. in the same way that you cringe at eighth grade, it elicits that same emotional response because it's the child in you being horrified. But I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I would assume that it goes beyond that and beyond just like empathizing for this young child and also makes you, the fear, puts the fear of God inside you. It doesn't. It's a very sweet story. So then is it not a horror movie? No, it I is a horror movie. This. She's How? a vampire. Oh, she's a vampire. So what? That's like saying what That's we true. do in the shadows. Twilight is, is yeah. What we do in the shadows is a horror movie. It's, Twilight is not a horror movie. Oh, Twilight is porn. Yeah. <laughs> it's vampire porn. Which I we can I have a little game for you later where we're gonna rank other genres and we're gonna Vampire ask. porn is probably the second best genre. Second best horror, <laughs> then vampire porn, then regular um, porn. This brings me to my third point, which is that Within this genre, I would say more than most any others, you can tell a personal story, you can tell a political story, you can tell uh, a social story, you can talk about the things that you want to talk about in a safe way. Okay, keep going. That's it. That's it. That's oh, it. I, I, I don't understand I put that. A full stop you're just, on the sentence. I, but you're saying, okay, I'm confused by that one because you can also just tell a political story. And why is that unsafe? You can, but who's going to see it? Well, what do you mean? Like Spotlight, for example, was sort of like a social, yeah, like political commentary. I, like I mean, on a, a real thing. But I am like the thing I'm. I'm sort of comparing all of these two. Sure. Um, are the big ticket the Oscar movies, okay, right? Cool. Which have something to say. Great. They which, want. They want you to know they have something to say. Yeah, and I'm. I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm going to argue my favorite genre, it's going to be rom coms. So it's also not the Oscar favorite. So right. So I was. I was actually thinking because I think rom com is actually. There's an argument to be made that that is the best genre. Oh, great. But, <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> but have there been more than say? six brilliant romantic comedies in the past decade. Honestly, I think just on Netflix today. The new rom-coms on I can Netflix. Name, I can think of two. A plus. What are they? Um, Someone Great. Okay, great. Yeah. Do you watch that? Of course. Fantastic. 
and uh, to all the boys I've loved before. Of course. That's true. Uh, have you also seen the new one with Ali Wong uh, or Plus One? Or... I didn't come here to badmouth movies <laughs> that people I know have made. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I thought there was a lot to like in them. Yeah. I did not think they were brilliant movies. Yeah. But I think you can point to more than 10 brilliant horror movies in the past 10 years. Interesting. I, I can't even name more than three, but that's just like, I mean, I saw like A Quiet Place. What is A Quiet Place saying? Riddle me it's this, It's about parenthood. Ben. What do you mean? It's about monsters, like attacking <laughs> a deaf child. No, yes, it's about it parenthood and giving up yourself for the people you love with the fun trappings of genre. Oh, man, it was just like scare <laughs> after scare yeah. after scare. There are like three three moves in that movie and the rest of it is just a trauma it's trauma <laughs> it's true trauma that is one of my favorites from the past 10 years i sure. genuinely liked it i won't lie it was pretty good uh it wasn't <laughs> as horrific as something that would be more of like a slasher or like mm -hmm. something that's like true gore that i can't handle it it's just not which me. i understand i mean gore yeah. is tough and i don't do well with it myself it's something i avoid in fact there are sub genres in horror which i do not gravitate to, in fact, gravitate away from. Okay. Um, one of those is cannibal shit. Yeah. I cannot deal with. Because you can't suspend your disbelief or it's too scary? No, it's too scary and gross for me. Oh, interesting. Um, at least historically. Yeah. However, there is a great movie called Raw, uh -huh. uh, which is about, it is the story of two sisters and their love for each other. Uh-huh. That has a cannibal turn in it. Interesting. And it is one of the most beautiful movies I've seen in the past huh. decade. Beautiful is what a unique word. It, is, it genuinely, like, it's beautifully these. shot. It yeah. looks amazing. It's uh -huh. a French movie. Uh, I think it was this director's first movie. Um, and the performances are incredible. Like, they, you are with these characters even as they make this descent into things you would never do, presumably. Right. But ultimately, it's a story about family. Interesting. Okay, wait, um, what was your last point again? I, I'm very <laughs> confused by it. I want to back up and I want to get into it. Uh, you can tell, basically, you can tell any kind of story within sure. the horror genre. But I don't think that's exclusive. And we've kind of covered this, right? Can you do that in a rom-com? What do you mean? Tell a mother-daughter story? I mean, technically, there could be a through-runner, but rom-com specifically tells you that the story is going to be about love. Exactly. So, no. So, maybe you're right in that <laughs> rom-com, but you can do it in animation. You can do it in thriller. You can right. do it in, in pretty much any other genre. I mean, think about it. Like, a coming-of-age tale oftentimes is pretty specific, but there's usually father-son. There's a relationship sure. to it. There can be any sort of whatever that person's going through at that point in time. Even in like a Western. It's just a location. Right. You can tell anything, right? Or a I point agree. of time. I think Western actually has a lot in common with horror in that there are genre tropes yeah. where you can sort of tick those boxes um, but you can tell it any kinds of story. That said, traditionally in Westerns, you are telling a certain kind of story. Sure. And I think that's an even slower to evolve genre because the audience isn't necessarily there for it. So they, we don't make as many of them. Um, but I think like traditionally Westerns, we've told stories about lone heroes and, and expansion of the West. And, you know, the same sort of stories we were telling in the 50s are what we tell now for the most part in Westerns. Totally. Whereas something like horror, I think we've gotten to tell any kinds of story. Um, I will say I, something I do like, and, and maybe it's that romantic comedies are slow to evolve also, but mm -hmm. like the reason someone great spoke to me uh, is because it was a romantic comedy without the romance. Sure. Right. It wasn't about 
a couple coming together. Yeah, it was about um, them. And, and I do love these up. movies. Like, I was in a hotel room oh, and I watched time. Notting Hill the other oh, day. So good. About Time, maybe one of the best <laughs> about time is movies fantastic. of our time. So good. So that's interesting. I don't disagree with you there, but I don't think that the capacity to tell these stories makes it the best because I think it is canceled out by the fact that we are bringing trauma into the situation. <laughs> so you're not leaving that movie being like, wow, I learned this amazing... That's how people left get out. thing. But again, I also don't think it was a horror film. I thought it was a psychological thriller, and I don't think it's fair to combine them. If two. it was not a horror film, how come everything, first how of all. How come everyone else defined it as a horror first film? First of all, that. Great question. Second of all, <laughs> I should be in Jordan Peele named his production company Monkey Paw. Yes. <laughs> which is a horror trope. Totally. The stuff he made on the back of the success of Get Out was The Twilight Zone. Yes. <laughs> there was another horror movie that he produced. I forget what it was. And then Us this year. That's which is straight up a horror movie. Yes, which I did not see because it looked very scary. It was pretty scary. Was it good? It's good. It's, it's I think he has a lot to say, and a lot of that got muddled uh, because he was, try- he was trying to fit a lot of ideas mm-hmm. into uh, this story, which couldn't quite hold all the ideas, but... I'd rather watch that than something that doesn't have ideas in it. That's amazing. Um, here's another point that kind of proves your point. That I'll take I had. it then. Um, but I don't quite understand this, but I've noticed this. I went to like a haunted hayride yesterday. It's Halloween is just around the corner. You and love this stuff. I, I do not, but I uh, love my partner, and I was like, okay, this will make him happy. I will do this with you. The whole time I was like, I'm going to look down because if I show them that I'm afraid, then they are only going to come at me further. So I didn't see much that was happening. I just like was just like sitting as frozen as possible. I was like, hopefully they'll think I'm bored and not crippling, filled with crippling fear and they will go past me and go to someone who's like screaming and excited and loving this. That being said, there were teens everywhere like holding hands, sitting on each other. For some reason, horror makes people horny. Yes. (laughs) And I don't understand it. It makes absolutely no sense to me. There's a couple things. I mean, look, at its base, when you are afraid, you want someone near you, right? You want someone to help you, whether it's to protect you or to protect them. Yes, but I want them near me to keep me alive, not to fuck me. Like, <laughs> Doesn't that get confused? No, how? <laughs> when you're a teenager. Maybe. I can see why it would confuse you as a teen, but I feel like there's this weird thing of like, ooh, we're watching a scary movie I'll, and it's going to get us close. Honestly, um, I am not um, funny, so I will say this in a very serious way. <laughs> yes, you um, are. But Disagree. The I think part of what is, I'll say fun in quotation marks, but part of what appeals to us about horror is that it makes us emotionally vulnerable. Got it. And that sort of gets translated to a bunch of different things. I love watching horror movies with my wife, who does not like horror movies. That's so So mean. (laughs) It seems very mean, but she does enjoy it while we're watching it. Like, and and she has such a low tolerance for it that I'm like, you pick something, um, and. Because she enjoys it while we're watching uh-huh. it, it's a fun experience. But, like, we watched um, What Lies Beneath. Yes. Which, like, a sort of, I will say, I guess, classic horror <laughs> from the early 90s. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it, so um, it's obviously done It's well. not very scary, mm-hmm. but it's just scary enough. But we watch it during the daytime <laughs> so she can handle it. That's amazing. Um, and there, it's funny to me. And I I don't mean to be mocking her, but (laughs) it's funny to me to see her responding in such an honest way to these things. Sure. but you and just it's said, fun for me to watch them. How is it? I'm confused how she hates it, but it's also fun for her. That's a toughie for me. <laughs> because like, where is that line? It's like a roller coaster. It's you. You know it's safe, but yeah, sure. It's 
So you get to feel afraid in a safe place. So way. she does like them then. She just does the whole like, oh within no, reason. it's scary. Yeah. She's flirting No, no, with you. she likes it within reason. Uh, like, <laughs> Got it. Again, it has There's to be spectrum. daytime. Yeah. Like she likes a horror movie that closes up at the end. Totally. So she doesn't have to walk into another room and expect a ghost. Like, totally. We watched The Orphanage yeah. uh, within the past I had someone years, just explain that to me. And, nope. Which is a legit, I knew nothing about it when we watched it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know I was showing her a scary movie. <laughs> like as scary as it was. Oh no. Um, <laughs> But she actually really enjoyed it because there's a finite, it's a finite story. There's a a closed ending to it. Um, We watched The Conjuring, which was satisfying to her because, again, it was a closed ending. I'll tell you this. We watched The Conjuring on, like, a Saturday morning at 9 Mm -hmm. a.m. The only way, and stop it, like, every 20 minutes to get up (laughs) and walk around. But we were watching this, (laughs) and in that movie, uh, something the ghosts do is knock to communicate. Oh, no. So we're watching the movie, broad daylight, and it's the part where the ghosts are, they're like, are the ghosts there? And they're waiting for it to knock. And there's a knock on our door. No, no. And we jumped on the sofa and screamed. Yes. Uh, and it was the UPS guy. I was going to say, the Amazon guy yeah. called 911. Which like, yeah. we opened the door and he was like, eh, here's your pet. Like it happens <laughs> all the time. He hears people freaking That's out. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so satisfying in a lot of ways. That's amazing. I do remember watching The Ring when I was in middle school mm-hmm. and being like, okay, like I can do this. I can, you know, I, I'm cool. I'm not going to tell everyone I'm scared. I'm going to pretend like I too am capable of doing this. So we were at my mom's house in our basement watching this movie and it gets to the point with like the phone and our phone rings and (laughs) of course I'm like this is it this is how I die right (laughs) but the worst part is is my family's upstairs and no one answers the phone so it (laughs) keeps fucking ringing and I am sitting there paralyzed this isn't fun people and my friends are like ah and I'm like, my family is dead. Like, my family is upstairs, and they are dead, Horrible. and the killer is in the house. <laughs> and then it stops ringing, and I'm like, okay, yeah. whatever. Maybe it was a telemark. Maybe they saw it on caller ID at the time, and nobody answered. <laughs> we go back to the movie. The phone starts ringing again. And I'm like, I, this is it. This is it. I go sprinting upstairs, like fully weeping, and my mom and my sister are calling us from the fax line. <laughs> And Monsters. I will never forgive them. It was That's so bad. It was a nightmare. It That's was pretty so, amazing. It was so so bad. I will. I never saw the end of the movie. That was completely it. After that, we had to turn on like Ed, Ed, and Eddie or something like so flagrantly dumb that like it could just like numb our brains from the fear. Other than this story right here on this podcast that has served me no good in my life. So, so why? Oh why? My God. It's it's just the worst. I just I can't understand it. And I can understand that you like it but I still can't understand how it makes it like the best because <laughs> there's nowhere else you get to indulge that I guess you get you can get a good cry from a movie yes. but that's still gonna be hit or miss like like I said like even in a not great horror movie yeah the scares often work sure Okay, you what know, about like Goodwill Hunting? Wouldn't you rather weep at the end of Goodwill Hunting no. than weep ten minutes into the ring because you think you're gonna <laughs> die? Like, no, because do I don't mean? care about those guys. What? Ugh. I'm from Boston. Oh, well, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so poor argument. But I think I will also say like I think Goodwill Hunting works once. Yeah. You know, whereas a good horror movie, you're like I could watch A Quiet Place anytime. Really? Because Even I'm though investing you know what's gonna happen characters. now. Yeah. Because I I feel like from a repeatability standpoint, like. I guess you could say this with anything, but for me, once I know when the fear is coming, I'm okay with it because it's like, it's no there longer you go. scary. So it's then no you can, surprising. I do feel like after you watch it, and this is part of why I went to see A Quiet Place a few times because mm-hmm. like 
once you watch it once and you know where those the jumps, the scares are coming, sure. you know when the tense moments are, you get past that very difficult first 10 minutes, yes. which are harrowing. <laughs> Horrible. Um, and that's the reason I can't show it to my wife. But then you're arguing that the best genre of movie, in order to appreciate it, you have to watch it twice? That's Then crazy. you can go back. You don't have to, but you get to. You can go back and see how it's made. Like, yeah. that's kind of fascinating. Like, yeah. there are comedies I can do that with. Like, I can go back to Tootsie anytime. I can go back to broadcast news anytime. Totally. Because I love to see how that thing is constructed. Totally. And, um, and I, I do the same thing. But that's few and far between, I think, in comedy. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, and I mean, again, there's <laughs> things that stand out and then there's things yeah. that miss. And it is fascinating to go back and study all of it to see, yeah. like, what was it about this timing or what was it about this, these characters' relationships that worked or yeah. didn't work and why. It, working in the business, it's both smart and sure. helpful to do and also just, like, fascinating to see why certain things stay on the air and why certain things don't. Absolutely. Political climate, all of that goes into it. Which brings me to another point. Why are we doing this to ourselves when the world is already so scary? I think that's been asked and answered, Your Honor. Why? Because it's safe. It's a safe place to be afraid. In fact, it's comforting to be afraid in a safe place instead of the horrible world over which we have no control. But instead... Can't we gravitate towards something that's more like escapism driven? Because we're already feeling scared in our day to day, a, a primal fear that is very real and very not safe. Mm -hmm. And so if we're looking for a genre that is the best, wouldn't we want to gravitate towards something that for just a brief moment, we don't have to feel fear at all? No, that's not healthy. <laughs> Why? You have to... You think it's healthy deep. to be scared all the time? I mean, aren't you anyway? <laughs> Personally, yes, yes. Because like I said, I'm afraid of everything. I don't think that's healthy. But you're no different than the rest of us. Well, that's not true. That is true. I think we basically are, listen, we're getting real deep now, but humans basically act out of fear. True. I used to think it was kindness and then Trump got elected. Oh, man. And now I know that we basically act out of fear. I don't disagree with that. That's actually really fascinating. <laughs> and horrifying. I, it is horrifying. But I only think that's because... When we're put into a fearful position, we act, it's our primal instinct comes out. It's our fight or flight, mm -hmm. right? It's the amygdala. It forces us to make those rash decisions. Yeah. So when someone like Trump is putting us in the position of fight or flight, we act on impulse. Whereas when we are feeling calm and collected and ourselves, we afford ourselves the ability to act out of a place of compassion. It is much easier to treat people with kindness and respect yeah. when you yourself are feeling good. So wouldn't <laughs> we argue you that want to the live best, in the place yes i want to live or i want to spend more time in my own brain in a place that's like happy and nice or that i'm learning something about someone else i'm glad you bring it up <laughs> um i did not want to watch the movie the purge um, oh, yeah. Because it seems like the kind of horror that I do not like. It's Mass people hysteria. being terrible to each other. Yeah. Um, but I was convinced by a few people that, like, it's not what you think it is. Go watch it. And it's actually a really, that first movie is a really good movie. And then it's fun to see what they've done with the world that they created. Sure. And I think part of the joy of a movie like The Purge, or there was a great movie out um, this year, which is uh, called Ready or Not, which is just a really fun horror movie in which a woman marries into a weird, rich, white family mm -hmm. who play a deadly game of hide-and-seek on her wedding night. Um, and it's it's Why? through her perspective. <laughs> um, part of the joy of movies like that is to say to yourself, what would I do in that 
situation, mm-hmm. right? How would I survive? Um, I've been watching the Purge TV show, and it really wants you to ask that question. Of totally. Um, I know I'd be killed immediately. Same. I understand yes. that. <laughs> but part of why I think I'd be, I like to think I'd be killed immediately is because I wouldn't act solely out of self-preservation. Yeah. Right? Like, this is part of why The Walking Dead has sustained for eight years. It's not a show I love because it's utterly humorless. Mm-hmm. And I think that good horror has a dose of humor. I mean, good mm-hmm. any any storytelling has a dose of humor mm-hmm. in it because people are funny. Um, but The Walking Dead wants you to ask yourself, if this were you in these extreme circumstances, what do you do? And I don't know that there's another genre that does that. Oh, man. That's that's it. That's fascinating. So we do live do in the compassionate isn't self. That, isn't that the point? Well, you do, which <laughs> just means you are a good person. I, think, I feel like my answer would be like, well, bye. Like I might save uh, these you two cousins truly and everybody think else. That? No, definitely not. <laughs> the truth is, though, in my uh, creative brain, I like to think I would be heroic and like go out mm-hmm. and save people. But you don't actually know what your primal self is going to do. Oh, no, I do. wouldn't go out and save people. I yeah. would save my wife and my oh, yeah, dog. You'd save the people you love. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not throwing myself out for strangers. <laughs> but I'm certainly trying to save the ones that I love. Certainly in not my a neighbors. Heroic way. Yeah, yeah, definitely not my neighbors. Ugh. Let's be clear. Just kidding. Love you guys. Um, <laughs> big fan. Thanks for Long listening. Time yeah. <laughs> First time callers. Uh, the uh, but I believe that that's true with all uh, all movies. Like the, the beauty of watching or consuming any type of entertainment with a storyline is we get to watch characters make mistakes in a way that we otherwise either mm-hmm. can't or won't, right? So it's like we get to see someone try to go underwater in a way that we wouldn't do or we watch Free Solo and watch this guy climb something in a way that we I'm not ever getting even remotely close to. But do you to. say, if that were me, what would I do? I would, yes. Well, I say if I were his girlfriend, would I stay with him is what I say in that specific situation. Because <laughs> so. I think like there are movies like I really loved 127 Hours, which oh, yeah. is not a horror movie, but mm-hmm. is certainly a tense sort yeah, of thriller. So tense. Survival. And I love a survivor survival thriller. Um, but that is the kind of movie that asks, what would you do in those circumstances? Is there a comedy that makes you ask that? What? That makes me ask, what would I do? Yeah, The Good Place. Think about it. All right, that's fair. Totally, it's all about this, actually. But that's also a genre show. Morality. Yeah. I mean, it's not horror specifically, but it's sci-fi. Yeah, totally. And I'm not arguing (laughs) sci-fi. I think sci-fi is significantly better than horror. Here's why it's not. Sci-fi, overall, there are great science fiction movies, and I'm a fan of many of them. Mm -hmm. But as a whole, it takes more to win me over in sci-fi because I'm coming in thinking, this is going to be boring. This is going to be shiny <laughs> and uh, cold, and uh, they're going to be uh, robots or something that I have trouble empathizing with. So that is why, like, horror is a very human but genre. But that's a vast uh, over-classification in the same it way is. that I was doing it with horror, isn't it? <laughs> You're not giving yeah. them the same benefit of the doubt. Oh, I definitely am not. Yeah, so what? So, no. <laughs> Cheating. But like, Red flag thrown in your corner. Are there... Again, can you name 10 brilliant sci-fi movies from the past 10 years? No, because I'm super terrible at being put on the spot and remembering <laughs> the names or, or the people who created I any can't of think the things I love. <laughs> of good sci-fi? Yeah. Well, you just called The Good Place one. That's Are true. we talking films? I'm just talking movies. Mm, I, think, I, mean, I do think horror on TV is harder to sustain. Yeah, why is that? An interesting point, too. If you can't I'm sustain sure. it across genres, then is it really the best? 
I'm saying it's the best film genre. Well, no, you started off saying across the board. That is true. I did. So and now I will I'm say, scaling like, down, I'm pleased. There have been uh, The Haunting of Hill House was mm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Terror season one, and I haven't finished season two, but but was also pretty great. The Purge TV show, especially in the second season, is really good. American Horror Story, which is so hit or miss and is not, I don't like camp. Right. Um, but this season I'm finding so enjoyable because the characters are much more human. I watched the pilot. My first job out of school was oh in media God. buying. And I watched the pilot for American Horror Story in the middle of the day. We had like <laughs> pizza. We were like deciding who was going to like advertise for it. I had to go home sick because it not for fully, you. I was like, thank you for your time and for showing us this. And I was like, I got to go home sick. I, it was traumatizing. Oh. I hate, have you ever watched something that has like made you be like, I I'm too scared now. Like this stopped being fun. It scared you to the point of just like, that's it. Yeah. You. They're uh, hereditary actually. Was, oh, interesting. I think it's a really well-made movie. I think he's clearly a very good director, but to me it was more upsetting than horrifying. Sure. And so I would we call him good hang. or would we call him troubled? <laughs> Both. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they can coexist. <laughs> it's it's um, too much. I haven't seen his his most recent movie, but I'm curious too because I do think he's a good filmmaker. Fascinating. This is maybe controversial. Uh huh. Horror films are good for women characters, for representation <laughs> of women on film. Oh no. Okay, <laughs> go for it. Um, I hope you mean recently. I, I do. Certainly hope you. Mean I do, recently. and I don't. I think um, traditionally. Uh, and let's say from like Halloween on, uh-huh. the hero character in a horror movie is the final girl. We're hot girls getting murdered. We're hot white girls, most specifically, now, granted, getting murdered. <laughs> through most of the movie, hot white girls have been murdered. Yes. <laughs> but the hero of the film is Jamie Lee Curtis. Right? Oh, my God. It's this Who's young... just a hot girl almost getting murdered. But ultimately winning. Uh, She's right. empowered by stealing the villain's weapon uh, sure, sure, and sure, killing sure. him with That's it. That's one. That's one. <laughs> That's one of like nine million dead dead females. My old roommate, very great actor, very beautiful young girl. Getting her foot in the door was hilarious to watch because she was almost exclusively going out as hot girl who dies. <laughs> and so I would come home and she would be like fucking shrieking in her bedroom. And I would be like, oh my God, Erica's getting murdered. And I would like knock and be like, um, and she'd come up and be like, hey. And I was like, just checking Amazing. in to make sure you're safe. And she's like, oh, sorry, self-tape. And, yeah. But I was like, one of these days I'm not going to check on her. And that's going to be Exactly. It, right? That's so going to be the time. I've interrupted many a self-tape. Um, but continue. So I, please tell me how this is good for I women. do think... Yes. Uh, traditionally, it has been difficult post psycho between Psycho and Halloween. Let's say was a difficult period. Yeah, hugely. Um, <laughs> but post Buffy and post uh, Sarah Connor. You know, Buffy obviously was a horror show, but Sarah Connor was an action hero. That mentality sort of bled into horror films and and into a lot of genres like action too. Mm. But that's where we see that the female characters are not the one-dimensional ones that we got in the 80s, which, yes. again, horror was a slow genre to mm-hmm. evolve, which is why That's it took a long That's all genres, I would say, as well. That's true. I mean, the 80s was not a good time for, no, for women in Women or people of color. Yes. <laughs> um, and, frankly, it was not a good time for me as a kid to watch movies. <laughs> it did, probably did some damage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in a post-Buffy world, uh-huh. I think we get to see more nuanced, more complicated, and stronger women leads Mm -hmm. Um, a movie like it follows has a character a a female lead who falls into this and and it follows is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen Mm -hmm. it scared the shit out of me 
Um, and I've seen a lot of horror. Yeah. Um, but it has this this woman character who falls into the plot and refuses to abide by it. <laughs> like she is a hero in that she will not let the horror happen to her. Amazing. Um, I think Scream was instrumental to this where it sort of reframed the final girl narrative um, because... Um, Sydney in that movie got to swear and got to have sex and got to like <laughs> be, be a human. complicated character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be a human character. And now we're getting everybody gets to be everything. And I think it's shitty that it took Get Out, yeah. which is a great movie. And I think if it if it had not been as wildly popular as it was, we wouldn't get to see a movie like Black and Blue, which mm-hmm. just came out, which almost incidentally has all people of color as the leads. Um, I don't know that that would have happened, so I'm glad it did. Right. Uh, but yes, horror is learning. But I think overall, because it was generally in the past 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. was generally framed as having a woman hero. It was good for women, which takes me to my final point. Okay. Which is that horror teaches empathy. Got it. Uh, young teenage boys mm-hmm. who for the first 50 years of horror was the targeted audience yes would go to a horror movie and yes they would empathize with the killer for a long time mm-hmm. in those movies because well let's listen let's go back even further okay in the monster movie the universal horror cycle a young teenage boy watching frankenstein watching the creature from the black lagoon which is my favorite of those uh watching the invisible man could sympathize with the creature Mm -hmm. right we all feel like outsiders at some point when you are a teenager you are becoming you are going through your monster phase sure (laughs) right you are becoming something that is not the you you were a few years ago (laughs) um so something like frankenstein is easy to sympathize with Mm -hmm. it becomes more complicated with slasher movies which was sort of dominated the genre for a long time uh, starting in the mid '70s, but and and there's a great book which people are if people are interested in this called Men, Women, and Chainsaws, which was written in the early '80s by Carol Clover, and she sort of deconstructs how slasher movies work oh, cool. uh, and the identification that the usually young male viewer goes through in those films, which is we identify with the slasher for a lot of it because. The slasher is typically a character with pent-up sexual aggression taking it out in a violent way. And we are put literally into his point of view because you get that stalking eye camera. Uh, You see everything through his point of view. But by the time the third act comes around, that point of view shifts. And you're in the, again, often literally in the point of view of the final girl and you're with her as she destroys the monster that you used to be. Mm -hmm. And you're rooting for her to grab his weapon and use it against him. So it teaches you to empathize with people who are not directly you. It's nice that some horror might be able to do that, but again, I don't think it's horror-specific. I think it's in the same way you would watch a bullying movie and see someone stand up for the girl mm-hmm. or see the bully get their comeuppance or see, you know what I mean? Like, even in even in superhero movies, like, there's always some type of hero's journey where you learn yeah. to that what you want isn't what you want. So I, I will give you that maybe some horror does that hidden beneath the layers of torture, mm-hmm. but... I don't think it's horror specific. But only the best non-horror movies ask you to empathize with the villain. Oh, I don't know. I feel like now we're in a weird time of like the Joker where it's like, you know, we're having, we're mm-hmm. watching the creation of a bad man and it's like, 
Do we have to? Yeah, I mean... Why? Right. We don't want to see that. No. But if we're watching the creation of Frankenstein, who is a bad man, that becomes fun. Because it's not... Hmm. Why? <laughs> uh, because there's a layer of distance to it. Interesting. Because so it, yeah, it's easier to watch if it's if it doesn't Because there's a genre trapping in it. Or is it like sh- teaching us to empathize for the wrong people? I mean, there's because there's an interest. <laughs> there there's may actually, be some of that. Right? There's a significantly better podcast called Invisibilia that mm-hmm. actually has a very interesting conversation about empathy and about like how it helps us and whether or not it's actually important um, or helpful to be able to empathize with really, really bad people. Mm-hmm. And if it's and not that I think empathy is bad or should go away. And I think we've addressed this in a couple other episodes um, a little bit and lightly but the idea that it's instead of discussing how to move forward and how to change things it's forcing us to look back and put sort of rose-colored glasses Mm, over a bad person um, in a bad place so so that one's tricky for me Mm -hmm. just knowing that to be like okay anything that breeds empathy for the for the bad man (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a hard argument to make right now totally and yeah I will say I don't, uh, on the other hand, like there's something like succession, right? Totally. Which to me is a magic trick. Yes. Uh, I you don't empathize with those no, characters. They're awful, but they're possible. You're to turn not away from. rooting for them. No. To either succeed or fail. Because right. if they fail, the show will go totally. away. Totally. <laughs> so true. Um, so so I don't know. I guess it, it's it is a complicated. Totally. Question. And to that, I think it's incredibly fun to watch like rich people and in power struggles do anything. I mean, That's it's true. game of it's Game of Thrones. Succession is Game of Thrones. We're literally yeah, just but watching succession it. Succession is funny. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so so good. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I think we can both agree today that Succession is. A great I think TV we can. Show. <laughs> um, check out Ready or Not. It's okay. like Succession with horror layered on oh, top man. of it, and okay. it's really fun. Maybe that. Maybe I'll give that as a gift to. Mike today to let him watch it (laughs) I hope you let your wife watch something that's not horror since now I have to like find out who she is and message her and make sure she's safe absolutely we're just gonna watch the great British Bake Off uh, starting from the beginning the the best (laughs) everyone loves that I would argue that that is the best genre (laughs) cooking shows are the best genre of television British cooking shows are the best genre specifically this one British cooking show yes what is her name Mary Mary Berry yes (laughs) she's god bless way better Mary Berry's better than horror that's my own um, amazing. Uh, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, do you feel like you are successfully dead on this hill? I feel like you've done a very great job. Today. I feel like I am. I'm, I'm so glad. And maybe I'll come back. Oh, God. The, the, even worse. <laughs> There's, there are no ghosts allowed on this podcast. If you come back to haunt us, it's going to be my nightmare. Um, I really appreciate you doing this. And with that, I'd love to read you your eulogy. Please. We have gathered here today to say goodbye to Ben Blacker, who died on the hill of Horror is the Best Genre. He is survived by his projects, Hex Wives, out on Amazon, and his podcast, Writer's Panel, which I'm excited to be on later today. (laughs) You can follow his legacy on Twitter at Ben Blacker. Ben, we're so grateful for your time here on this earth and on this podcast, and for sharing with us your last words. May you actually rest in peace and not come back to haunt us. Godspeed. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You're the best. Hey guys, thank you for listening to today's episode of Hills I'd Die On. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate it on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment letting me know what you like most. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at by Taylor Cox. I am always happy to hear thoughts or feelings or compliments or, of course, any hills you guys might be willing to die on yourselves. Thanks again for listening and hope to see you next week.